Sixers Fix with Scott Ninnis. Join one of the Adelaide 36ers' favourite sons as we deep dive into everything past and present about one of the most storied franchises in the NBL. It's Sixers Fix, your Adelaide 36ers podcast. Here we go! Hello and welcome back to Sixers Fix with Scott Ninnis, your Adelaide 36ers podcast and... And we're talking about one of the form teams of the NBR right now. So really looking forward to this show. Another big win for the 36ers last week. A couple of the players are the, are the talk of the league right now as well. We've got a very special guest, a South Australian boy that's playing in the opposition right now. But really looking forward to our chat with him. So plenty to get through. I'm Chris Pike, your co-host. But the Adelaide 36ers legend himself, the only man involved in all four championships, Scott Ninnis. How do we find you for another week? I never get tired of you introducing me like that, Chris. I've got to, I've got to be honest. Um, uh, and I, let me tell you, I've never said this before, but I love the introduction to the show. I'm, I'm a bit of a rock and roll man myself. Uh, love hearing the guitars. Uh, yeah, really enjoying that. But uh, yeah, mate, we're, uh, we're up and about. We're four and two. The 36ers are, well, I don't want to say flying. I don't want to jinx this, but uh, no, it's it's uh, it's come together over the last game or two, and obviously having all these home games it helps, uh, and, and there's still a lot of work to do. But uh, yeah, very exciting going forward, and there's there's a couple of guys playing. Well, a, a great team that's playing at the moment that's uh, really worth following, and uh, yeah, very excited about what's going on at the moment. Yeah, it was, an, it was a really good round three. Obviously, started off with probably the most complete performance of the season in the win on Wednesday against the New Zealand Breakers. And then then on Saturday, it was a hard-fought win against the Sydney Kings. I mean, the Kings might be short on manpower, but they're not short on, on heart and spirit right now. So that was a, a really gritty win. And, and to be on a winning streak right now, I mean, that, let's be honest, after, after round one with that 24-point loss to Melbourne, and then it was a bit of a lucky double overtime win, and then... And then the loss to the Phoenix, we were starting to, to have some doubts. But ever since then, this team's been playing playing fantastic. Well, mate, you make it, you do make your own luck. But, yeah, we could have very easily been 0-4 and four to start the season. And then, uh, mm. you know, I think this podcast and uh, every news article we're reading would be completely different to what it is now. But, you know, it, the, you know, the chips have fell, fallen where they are. And, and now we're 4-2 and two and, you know, going in with a lot of confidence. So... Look, I, I honestly believe that you know, like that we can win these next couple of home games, um, and and go into well, I, I guess the other thing too, just take one step back, is no one the hell knows what's going on at the moment. I mean, what's <laughs> happening in Melbourne? You know, is that going to mm. affect the bubble? Uh, but all you can do is concentrate on the now. The now is that yeah. we're four and two. You know, hopefully we can get Sydney back here on on Saturday night, be five on two, and then. Uh, who knows what happens going forward? Absolutely. Now, a big show here on Sixers Fix with Scott Ninnis to look forward to. We'll have our all our award updates, so our Premium Wine Tours Player of the Year. We'll get our latest votes on that. We'll have our Australian Motors Mitsubishi Player of the Week. Probably no surprise who that's going to be once again. And also, thanks to, thanks to Sports Card World, later on I'll catch up with Connor Henry for our Ask the Coach segment. And also thanks to Sports Card World, Scott. We have a special guest this week. You were lucky enough to catch up with one of the Sydney Kings superstars, an, an Olympian, but more importantly, a, a proud South Australian. Uh, an Adelaide boy, Brad Newley, uh, through and through. Uh, he's, he's a great lad. I've had a lot to do with him. Uh, you know, was assistant coach at Townsville for him in his second year in the NBL. But, you know, he's, he's, uh, you know always loves to know what's going on back home and, uh it hurts a little bit, you know. I like to see, uh, you know, to see him leave. And I was assistant coach at Adelaide when he signed with Townsville, and I was mm. uh, at that time. I was really try. <laughs> I knew how hard that uh, teams like Townsville and, and West Sydney with Gordy McLeod were going after him, and you know, was really trying to get uh, the club on board to, you know, really turn their attention to him. It didn't happen, unfortunately. So we lost him. Uh, then a couple of years later, we lose Joe Ingalls and we, we look at these mm. multiple Olympians who should have been playing for the 36ers in, in, yeah. in, a, in a perfect world. But, yeah, we love Newells. Uh, you know, he's 36 in, uh, or he probably wouldn't appreciate me telling that, but he's, uh, <laughs> you know, in, in another two weeks and, and still going and still playing well. Like he's, uh, he 
You know, like he's adjusted his game. I mean, that time he spent in Europe, you know, really, I, I think, was, was key to him in becoming a complete professional and honing his craft. And, uh, no, always great to have a chat with him. He's, uh, he's awesome, Newells. And apart from the fact he's a forestal boy, coming from a South Adelaide boy like myself, but, uh, no, it was a great chat. Absolutely. So really looking forward to that a little bit later on Sixers Fix for this week. Okay, Scott, let's, let's go back and have a look at the games in round three that for the 36ers as well. And, of course, this review is brought to you by All-Star Photos, Kelly Barnes, fantastic supporter of ours here at Sixers Fix and a fantastic supporter of, of basketball in South Australia as well. He's been, been photographing basketball here in this state for 25 years now. Um, he's the best in the business. You can see his work wherever you look, but check him out, allstarphotos.com.au. Get in touch with him at info at allstarphotos.com.au. He provides sporting clubs with the option to use a locally owned business, which is, which is All Star Photos, supports grassroots sporting clubs, provides them with some fundraising options to go with their team photos, action photos, your portrait photos, Everything you could hope for, Kelly Barnes will take care of you. So get in touch with him. And thanks very much to Kelly and All Star Photos for supporting us here at Sixers Fix. So let's get to our, our review now, Scott, of, of round three. Let's go back to last Wednesday night. There, there was no guarantees going into this game against the, the Breakers after the overtime game between the two teams five days earlier. Corey Webster was coming back for New Zealand to add an extra, extra scoring punch. But by the end of the night, I think it was the most complete performance by... The 36ers this season, 88 to 78 was the final score. And so many players stepped up. I don't think anyone really stepped on the court that didn't make a make a handy contribution. I mean, Humphreys was brilliant again, 21 points, 5 rebounds, 4 blocks. Um, you look at Josh Giddy's stat line, it was unbelievable. 13 points, 10 rebounds and 8 assists. And those two, you know, rightfully got a lot of the headlines. But Daniel Johnson still had 17 points. Tony Crocker, probably his best game. He had 14 points. We'll get to Sunday Detch and his all-round game in a moment. You know, Donald Sloan contributed off the bench. To me, it was a, probably the best four-quarter performance so far. I think what I think you're absolutely right, mate. It, it was our most complete performance, and I think what it did is, you know, we sat back there and go, okay, this, there's something about this team. Like this is a team that can make the playoffs this year. This is not a team that can just make up the numbers. You know, they 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 had it right. They uh, they they got their shit together. They they got their roles right. Isaac Humphreys is has <laughs> blown us all away mm-hmm. for what he's mm-hmm. bringing. Um, you know, we we watched that game uh, and felt that. You know, if Josh Giddy wasn't on the court, we weren't going to win that game. Like it almost seemed like every time he got subbed out, you know, like he he just had an unbelievable performance. And uh, I, I I called it early. I said in the first quarter that he was going to get a triple double, and he he fell just, just fell just short. But you know, you just know that's going to happen at some stage. Yeah. Yeah. You know, DJ is DJ, but uh, you you touched on it before. Like Sunday Detch, I think is the guy who's probably not flown under the radar. I think anyone that knows basketball can see what what he brings to the team defensively. But you know, he's hit some. He's he's made some really important baskets over these last couple of games. Uh, Body Nodge came out yesterday and, and said that he should have been in this extended boomer squad so mm. look i i think he's uh you know there's no question that i what i think about him he's he's probably my favorite player in the team what what we've he's just a, just a fantastic guy and he's that defender you know he's he's that guy yeah. that okay no matter who you put him on you know that guy's gonna have to work hard to get whatever he gets so uh no it was, it was an incredible game and I think going into the game, I, w- I went into the game with Brett Maher and, and we on the we we're both really concerned that it was going to be another repeat of the the second game against the Phoenix, where they were going to make the necessary adjustments and maybe uh, uh, maybe give us a bit of a touch up. But no, it was uh, it was a fantastic game to watch. Fascinating to get your thoughts. And Sunday had a big say a big say in what I'm about to ask you. No, there's no doubt with his defense. You saw close up Lamar Patterson's performance. Have you ever seen? A MVP candidate who we've all thought was capable of winning an MVP award if he fires up this season. Have a game like he did on on last Wednesday. He played less than 15 minutes, didn't score, missed all six of his shots, and he just didn't look like he wanted to be out there. Once once the Webster brothers stopped passing him the ball, he lost complete interest. 
I, to be honest with you, I'm surprised he's, he's still got a job now. I, I thought the way yeah, the coach yeah. burned him and, and just stopped playing him, you know, late in that game, I thought he was making a statement to, to him and I, I was actually thinking he was setting him up for, you know, maybe to get rid of him. I mean, I mm-hmm. don't know the ins and outs of it, but look, he, you know, it, it sometimes it's all about, you know, the situation you find yourself in and it's probably... Not all that dissimilar to Hobson with the Melbourne United. Yeah. Like he just, it, it just hasn't worked yet. Now Patterson's probably different because, you know, people are saying he's not in shape, and 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 that's mm. probably fairly evident. Whereas sometimes it, it's always interesting over the course of the NBL history. You know, some people get in a situation that just suits them, and it's perfect for them, and then they go yeah. in search of I don't know more minutes or more money. In a lot of cases. And it just doesn't work out. You know, find, you find that situation that works for you, <laughs> to me, you stick with it and you just go with it until that well dries up. But, uh, yeah, I'm not, not really sure what's going to happen there. But, uh, yeah, he needs, to, he needs to start, I guess, getting the confidence of the coach and performing well fairly quickly because we, we know what happens to imports, <laughs> you know, <laughs> if, yeah. if that doesn't happen. Yeah, and, and unfortunately for him, they haven't been able to play a game since. They've had their trip to Perth that got cancelled thanks to COVID, and they've got a bit of a wait before they play their next game this Saturday night in Cairns as well. So he's had a long wait to think about that too, but I guess that's a that's a problem for the Breakers to, to worry about. So after Wednesday night, Scott, the 36ers backed up against the Sydney Kings. The Kings were actually the, probably the fresher team, despite being, being the road team. It was a good game, I think, in the end, but the 36ers... They felt in control, I think, for most of it, even though the scoreline, 85 to 80, got fairly close. But, again, a similar story with so many players contributing. And, and again, Sunday Desch's performance defensively on Casper Ware can't be underestimated. And then you've got Isaac Humphreys outstanding again. Tony Crocker, very good again. So many guys stepping up and a, a really a, a pretty good performance, even though the Kings certainly gave it a good crack. Well, they did. I mean, uh, you, you know, I mean, they've been decimated by injuries. Obviously, the Kings and uh, I felt coming into the game that it was a game that we should win, um, which we ultimately did. But uh, jumped out of the gates incredibly well. Um, mm. You know, they, they got back into the game. They they trapped, and uh, that will be something that uh, I know that Connor would have worked on all week with the team just to be ready for that. But it was. Uh, Look, again, I will be really disappointed if we don't back up a win on uh, on Saturday night. I know they'll make their yep. adjustments and maybe it's amazing what a couple of wins will do. You know, you suddenly think that, uh, well, we're going to be at home. You know, those roles are getting sorted out. You know, Connor's narrowed the rotations, which I, I love. Um, I think that's yep. something that Dean Vickerman at Melbourne United perhaps needs to do. You know, when, you, when you've got 11 players... You know, on the court in the first quarter and a half, mm. it, it's hard to get people in their roles, and and I feel sorry for you know guys like Brendan Tees and and Alex yeah. Majonner and that. I mean, but that that's the way it goes. I mean, you're better. Off but generally, it. your best players play better the more minutes they play. I mean, well, absolutely. It and it's better off having two people pissed off with you than, than ten people <laughs> pissed off with you too. So, uh, so I think I think yeah, we've narrowed our rotations. Uh, you know, guys know that they're going to play a certain amount of minutes. And uh, I do, I like our chances. Now, in the same breath, uh, Sydney will make adjustments. I mean, they're, you know, Casper Ware, you, you know, is a proven superstar in this league. Now, I know, you know, what happened towards the end of last year and this year, he, he hasn't got it going. But, you know, this is a guy who went and played against uh, OKC and had 25 yeah. points against an NBA yeah. team. Yeah. I mean, they this is a guy that can play the game. You know, he is he is going to get it. It's going to start rolling for him at some stage. Uh, Vasiljevic, we're going to have to do a much better job on him. I, I oh, think, yeah. you know, 20, like twenty-eight points. Yeah, well, we we gave you know we gave Crocker, you, you know, points uh, MVP points in that last game. I don't think he defended him all that well at times during that game. Mm-hmm. That will need to change or, or find a better matchup. But uh, there's no point in resting on any laurels. We're going to have to be much better this game to beat them. I just wanted to go back to Sunday Desh for, for a minute. I really liked what Connor Henry said said post-match. He was asked about, about Sunday and why he had... It was a strange question, obviously, somebody who didn't quite understand the game too well. He was asked why, why was Sunday playing so much in the second half when he didn't score? 
in the in the first half. Connor's answer was fantastic. He said, he's my best defender and I, I want him out on the court as much as I possibly can. The only time I want to take him out is if he needs needs a rest. And I think that's a fantastic attitude. If you can build a team around such a great defender, it, I mean, you have a look at what Perth have done for so many years around Damian Martin. I mean, if you have the best defender in the league, keep him out there because he's going to lock down the opposition's best player and have a look at what he did this week with Lamar Patterson and Casper Ware. Well, it's, it's just such a... Um Mate, it's just such an advantage to be able to have someone you can put on the best player in the other team. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I played with Darren Lucas a thousand years ago back with the, with the South East Melbourne Magic. He just went to their best player, you know, and that's, that's Sunday, whether it's your best one, two or three, uh, you just put them in there. And, and you know, people are going to get hot. And you're not going to mm-hmm. shut them down every time, but they're going to have to work for everything they got. And it was a, you know, back in those Magic days with Gorgon, it was... It was a theory that we had against guys like Ricky Grace and, and these superstar point guards, you know, like we we would just try and wear them down over the course of the game. So you get that last five minutes of a game, you know, they mm. they they don't have you know, they've had the crap beaten out of them for forty minutes and, and maybe maybe it's just that last shot that they miss because of that. So, you know, Sunday is that is that guy. Like he, he's just you're just able to put him on someone and they know they're in for a battle, and that's uh, that's a very rare thing because, especially in this day and age, where everyone's looking and uh, you know, I did some coaching clinics with with Brett Maher today, and and we looked at the leading scorers and, and some of the scores that happen in the NBA at the moment. Mm. Yeah, you know, there ain't a lot of defense playing. You know, mm. like when you got you yeah you, know, you got uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah the scoring averages are off the chart. Mm. You got someone that you go in there and is going to lock someone down and just make them battle for everything you got. You you got something special. Yeah, absolutely. That that segues nicely into our player of the year voting, Scott. Thanks to Premier Mind Tours, very generously we'll be giving away two tours or four. One to one of our listeners here on Sixers Fix, and one to the player that wins our player of the year award. And I I think it's fair to say after. Round two, we thought we were going to have a runaway winner in in DJ, but it's got a, it's got a lot closer now. We've got another leader, and we have a look at the two games from round three, Scott. And of course, these votes are coming from from you and Brett Ma, so we certainly certainly can't fault the credibility of it. So against the Breakers, we've got three votes: Isaac Humphreys, two votes: Josh Giddy, one vote: Sunday Desh, and then against the Sydney Kings. Isaac Humphreys again, three votes. Sunday, Sunday Detch with the two, and Tony Crocker with the one. So that leaves our leaderboard on the Premier Mind Tours Player of the Year award. Isaac Humphreys with thirteen, Daniel Johnson with nine, Josh Giddy with six, and Sunday Detch on five. Um, if those four players can keep playing the way they are, this thirty-sixes team can certainly be playoff bound, if not, if not further. Mate, I was ready to ring up DJ and ask him when, what day after the uh, the season he wanted to do his wine tour. I know you and I have spoken about that. Yeah. And then Isaac Humphreys has just gone bang and just, uh, you know, awesome game back to back to back to back. It's, it's been quite extraordinary what what he's been able to do. And, and, and look, you know, I think, and, and I think you probably think the same thing, I think he's probably... In MVP form at the moment, like oh, what he leading. does, he has to be leading uh, it right now. I think. Well, I think he does because you know, and hopefully the people that uh, you know are voting for this are seeing not what he's just doing at one end of the court, but the other yep, end of the court. Exactly. And, and no one's doing what he's doing at both ends of the court at the moment. He's he's off the chart. You know, Josh Giddy is is. We're always going to be talking about him every week. He's he's going to continue to impress Sloan and Crocker. You you feel that they're fitting into the system and, yeah. and doing what they do. Sunday does his thing and then everyone else fits into the rest of their roles. So I, I think we're ahead of a lot of teams, maybe every team as far as getting those roles established. And I, I spoke about Melbourne United. Yes, you, you've got you've got the best talented team in the league, but uh, everybody wants minutes and that that's a tricky thing. And, uh, you know, like that's not always going to work well when if someone thinks they need to be playing more than they want. But once again, nice problem to have as well. So uh, mm. I, I think we're settling down nicely. And, and let, yeah, let's be realistic as well. 
every game's been at home, so we've yeah. it's been a blessing in disguise for that as well. But uh, yeah, I certainly like where we sit at the moment, and you know, I, I'm I'm thinking playoffs. I think uh, there's no reason why this team can't make the playoffs, and then if you get there, then anything can happen. Yeah, I, I to- totally agree. Now moving on, now time for our Player of the Week award winner here on Sixes Fix, thanks to Australian Motors Mitsubishi. These prize packs we've been giving away, we've given away a couple of them already, Scott, and some very, very happy winners on the show. So we've had a good response to our vote on social media again. We put up Isaac Humphreys against Sunday Detch, and I don't think it's any disrespect to Sunday, but a pretty, almost 100% votes went went the way of Isaac, which is, which is no surprise. But, yeah, I mean, he's just playing such great basketball right now, and it's good that the fans are recognising it. Absolutely, and uh, uh, the last couple of home games, uh, been good to see Dylan Nunn from Australian Motors Mitsubishi. He's we, we've had a couple of pre-game drinks with him and spoken okay. about uh, spoken about the game and what's uh, what we're looking forward. Uh, he's been fantastic. We really appreciate his support from Australian Motors Mitsubishi. And but yeah, I think you're right. It's like you said, there's no offence to Sunday, but. It's a no-brainer with Isaac mm. over these last couple of games, and he's been uh, incredible. Uh, and mm. and the fact that him and uh, and Josh, you know, getting the call up in that extended Boomer squad, and and I don't think that that's necessarily the end for them. I think you know no the way. way that Isaac's playing. You know, you you got a position with you know the massive shoes of Bogut to fill. Yep. Obviously, Baines is going to be a walk-up start. I think Isaac's really got a chance to to yeah, make that team good. and. And I, I think Josh could too, depending on which way they want to go, you know. Like if you want a bloody young kid who, if you need to throw in, you know is not going to be deer in the headlights, is going to yeah. go out and do his thing as well. So, uh, yeah, very exciting. I, I feel really sorry for DJ. I think mm. that, you know, there was all those years that, you know, he's putting up 20, 20 and 10 every year and didn't get the opportunity. And now that he's 31 or 32, obviously that opportunity is not going to present itself. But, uh yeah, let's let's celebrate the guys that are in there and yeah, uh, hope sure. they can hope they can uh, put their best foot forward and make the final team. Absolutely. Now we're about to give away another another prize pack thanks to Australian Motors Mitsubishi as well. Now here on Sixes Fix, Scott. So let me put all of the names into a hat. We'll get a drum roll. We'll announce our winner. And our winner this week, Scott, is. We do have a winner coming up, Scott, and here it is. It's Jason Cromwell, one of, one of the people that voted for Isaac Humphreys in our Australian Motors Mitsubishi Player of the Week award. And, and Jason, you're winning a special prize pack. We'll get in touch with you to, to let you know how we can, can get it out to you. So thanks very much to everybody that voted, and thanks, thanks to Australian Motors Mitsubishi for make, making it possible. And we'll come back next week with a couple more players that you can, can select from, Scott. But before we move on and take a look at the Kings game in more detail for Saturday night. We'll get to our chat with Brad Newley, who you were lucky enough to catch up with. What can we look forward to, to hearing hearing from the Sydney Kings superstar? But as we said at the start, he's, he's an Adelaide boy and he's been an Olympian. He's, he's done just about everything in, in a remarkable career. Oh, I just think you need to look at his body of work. I mean, this is a guy that, uh, you know, was always destined to be a, you know, a star in basketball. You know, went up to Townsville in his first year, Rookie of the Year, Sixth Man of the Year, MVP of the All-Star Game. Has three incredible years and then goes and has a stellar career in uh, in Europe. Uh, is drafted in the NBA, you know, which, which yeah. unfortunately that never happened, but... Uh, just just a two-time Olympian. I mean, he, mm-hmm. he's one of the greats of South Australian basketball, and I think that's that's the way you need to look at it, is that, you know, like him and Phil Smythe and Joe Ingalls and Brett Maher, I mean, they, these guys are at the top of the tree. I mean, they... Uh, and Newley is really is completely part of that, and you know there's there's no doubting where he sits in the you know he he's right at the top of the tree with that. Absolutely. Okay, let's get straight to our chat with with Brad Newley. Thanks to thanks to Sports Card World.
And welcome back to Sixes Fix with Scott Ninnis. Uh, very privileged to be here today with uh, the one that got away, uh, the great Brad Newley, now plying his trade with the Sydney Kings. Uh, welcome to Adelaide, Brad. Oh, lovely to be here, Scott. Um, not much has changed. A uh, few grey hairs on both of us, but we won't, you have more. Uh, but yeah, it's good to be home. Uh, probably not the best circumstance given, you know, COVID and all that, but you know, we're in town to play Adelaide again this Saturday, so just excited to be home. Well, let's talk about this season, mate. It's uh, one like we've never seen before. Um, you blokes haven't been home since basically Christmas Day. Uh, you found yourself stranded in Adelaide for a week. With, as you and I both know, there could be worse places to be stranded. Um, how's the team coping with being away from home for so long? Uh, any idea when you'll be able to get back home and play home games at all? Um, yeah, that's that's the million dollar question that I've been getting from everyone. Is you know when are you going home and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think as a group we've managed things really well with um, the, the travel because uh, you know, it's a group haven't had too much changeover of players just a couple you know a new import here and there and a couple of young guys but um, you know there's been no like bitching or moaning we've just kind of got on with on with the job I think it dates back to a camp we had before the season even started we we expected uh, something like this to kind of happen you know we've been through some kind of adversity with with the final situation last year so. The group already has a, a tough layer to it. The, the only thing right now is just having a few injuries that we're trying to manage. But, um, you know, we're optimistic we might get home soon, but we'll, we'll just have to wait and see with that. But, um, you know, we, we, we're well looked after. We're sleeping in you know, nice hotel rooms. We've got apartments. You know, I'm lucky enough to have some of my family. My family were, were with me for, you know, a month of it as well. So, um, yeah, we've managed it pretty well and, you know, the results will come. Yeah, we don't like to talk too much about pre-season camps here in Newells. The Adelaide Crows <laughs> didn't go all that well for them a couple of years back. But uh, let's talk about last weekend's game. Uh, the Sixers jumped you early and uh, you got blokes played your way back into the game and I thought at one stage it looked like you might have gone on with the job. Uh, what adjustments do you make for this week? Uh, obviously getting off to a better start, I'd imagine. Um, what can we expect to see on Saturday night? Well, you're a coach, you tell me. Uh, I, I won't give too much away, given this is a 36ers program, but um, I'm not sure. But, uh, I mean, yeah, you, you know, everyone really saw it. Yeah, this, we were a bit slow at the start. You know, you might put that down to a bit of, you know, carryover from being away for a bit. And, uh, you know, our, our roster situation too. We played two kids. One of the kids we played was Archie. I presented him with his year 12 jumper last year. So... He was just a fan in the stands. Now he's, he's with us on the road and he's, he's a good young kid. But um, it's, um, I think with Adelaide, they're, they're different, but at the same time, they're not so different to what they were last year. They, they put a lot of heat on the rim. They shoot a lot of free throws. I think that's something we can do a better job. I know personally, you know, keeping our hands out on defence. Um, you know, Isaac, uh, Isaac Humphreys is, uh, you know, in career, I mean, young career, but is showing right now that He's putting up MVT, MVP type numbers. Um, he's a guy that we have to be very wary of, and DJ as well. Um, you know, I thought Sunday Deck was very effective too down the stretch, and you know, Croker and, and the other guys that they did a pretty good job as well. So, um, you know, all of us need to step up in different ways. We, we put a press on late, got it back to three points, and I, I think in hindsight, maybe if we had have kind of cooled the Jets there just a little bit, got our breath back, and probably played a bit more in the half court, we probably could have got away with the result. So. Um, you know, close but not not good enough. But I, I think the adjustments that we'll make this week, you know, you know, will, will help us for sure. Now, Niels, you're uh, you're eligible for the Masters Games yourself. Another birthday coming up in a couple of weeks. I guess the obvious question, uh, you know, how much longer do we see you on a court for? Um, I'd say you'd be pretty happy with the way you're playing at the moment. Uh, just keep going till the body gives up, or do you have a plan for when the end comes? Um. Yeah, I mean, I look at myself, like last year I was a starting player on a team that went to the grand final and played 28 minutes a game. And even this year I'm still playing high minutes, you know, heavily involved in the rotation. So in no, nowhere in my mind I'm like thinking of the end game because once you're done, you're done. Uh, it's, you don't come back from that. So uh, my, my mindset is, yeah, I, in my mind I'm 26, not 36. <laughs> so, you know, you do, you do a better job of, you know, looking after yourself, your day-to-day, -day, you know, your diet. Um, your recovery becomes more and more important and I, I think I'm, what I'm benefiting from now is I've, I've aged a bit and what's come into the game now is, is your loading and, and, and the catapult, you know, your GPS monitoring and that kind of stuff. That's something I've, I've when it first came in I didn't, didn't I thought it was all bullshit really. 
but uh, now I see the benefits of it and I'm working close with the, the trainer and the coach about what I need to do on the day-to-day -to, -day to get myself right for the weekend. And um, that's something I, I got really good at last year and I'll continue to do that this year. And, um, you know, like I said, I'll, I'll keep playing until, you know, I, I can. You know, it's, it's what I know. I know basketball. That's uh, what I'm, I'm good at. So uh, I'll, I'll keep sticking at it. And yeah, obviously you do know basketball. Um, with life after basketball, uh, I believe you're doing a bit of coaching in Sydney at the moment. Is that something you'd like to get into? Is it something we may see you at the NBL level or more in the in the school system? And and I guess the second part of that question is: uh, Do you stay in Sydney? Do you come back to Adelaide? Uh, do you have you probably given that much thought at all? Uh, it's something that we talk about a little bit. I've just I've managed to get a good job. I'm I'm a, I'm a mentor at St Joseph's College in uh, in Hunter Seal, Sydney. Shout out to the, to the guys there. If they're listening, I highly doubt it. They should be studying. But um, it, it's been a lot of fun for me just to see it from from that angle. I've done my I did a, a level two coaching course as well last year. The club helped us out with that. The, the classroom was myself, Andrew Bogart, Daniel Kickett, and Kevin Lish, and we were learning how to coach. It was quite quite entertaining. But they. Uh, it's, it's fun coaching while you're still playing because you, you see things during the week that you can kind of help the kids out with and you know what they feel. And, um, you know, unfortunately, I haven't been with them for you know, a bit over a month now because of, because of COVID and I, I try to stay in contact. But uh, it's something that I, I'm interested in doing and um, if I can help in any way, I've got a lot of experience. Um, I feel that, you know, Basketball Australia now has quite a lot of resources in, in guys that are kind of finishing up their careers. You know, Andrew Bogut, Kevin Lish, these are guys that have been in Olympics, NBA. They're, they're real good. They, they know the modern game. So the more we can kind of get my generation into helping the next generation, I think it's going to be pretty good. And you mentioned Olympics. You're a two-time Olympian yourself in 2008 and 2012. Uh, the Australian team's been announced today. Uh, obviously, there's always optimism going forward to how we're going to perform, and, and we always talk up a uh, chance to win a medal. How do you see this year? Once again, it's going to be very different with the, uh, you know, with the, what's going on with COVID, but uh, what's your, what do you take on the squad? Yeah, I had a bit of a look at the squad uh, today. The, the the one glaring hole for me, and, I, and I'm experiencing on the day, is, is no Andrew Andrew Bogut. I, I think um, what he brings defensively and, and his playmaking, it leaves a bit of a gap. Uh, is that Baines who steps into that? He, he's he's a, he's more of a scorer type. Um, you know, I, I like I like to think Ben Simmons would become more of a playmaker. Uh, or he is a playmaker, where, where they'll play him will be interesting, whereas the four or the one, you know, and the pieces you put around me, you've got Paddy and Joe who are world-class shooters. So uh, there is potential, you know, for the team to do really, really well. It's just, uh, it's, it's amazing from, from where the squad came from back in like 2004 when I first got involved to, to now, you know, you've got, we had, it might have been one NBA, even like not even close to an NBA player. Now the whole thing is pretty much NBA players. So, um it's good to watch, and I, you know, I'll definitely take note of how the guys do, and I still know guys on the team. Um, interesting to see how Gorge goes coming back into the fold. He's doing pretty well at a club level. I was lucky enough to have a couple of chats with him up in Cairns at the hotel, so he's excited with, about the program. And um, yeah, their prep, that's going to be the hard one because you know how do you get guys in given the situation? And I, I hope the NBA clubs will cooperate with the federations and, and let the guys play and give them the best chance at Australia getting that medal. So let's, uh, let's go right back to where it all began for you. Up in Townsville with the Crocodiles back in 2004, I think it was. Uh, you spent three seasons there. Uh, your first year, Rookie of the Year, Best Six Man, MVP of the uh, All-Star Game, something that's never happened before. Uh, you must really look back fondly of those years in Townsville. Yeah, they were, they were great days. Um, it's just a shame that the club's not around anymore. It was a, it was a successful franchise back then. Um, you know, I was really grateful as a kid, you know, from out of town, 19 years old. I was approached by Ian Stacker to come in and he told me, you, you'll play for this team and you'll have good minutes and a, and a good role. And I was lucky enough to come into that team and had very good veterans and Rob, Rob Rose and John really learnt, learnt about the day-to-day -day from them. You know, who better to learn off from those guys? And things just kind of happened for me, you know, quite easily because I just put the work in and, um, you know, had the backing of the coach and, and the club and... Um, yeah, just real exciting, and it's just it's amazing the way you know basketball's evolved, you know, on and off court with the way the day to day is now to then. It's just um, it's, it's a different world, and you know the league's come such a long way since then as well. It's just a bit of a shame this COVID hiccups happened, but I'm sure, fingers crossed, we'll get back to what it was. 
Now, from Townsville, you spent a number of years uh, overseas uh, in the European leagues in Greece and Spain. Uh, I'm, I'm just curious, uh, you know, that's obviously a different style of game. What are the biggest differences between some of those leagues you played in in Europe compared to what we see here in the NBL? Um, I, I, the first thing I learnt when I got probably to Greece, that was my first stop. First thing the guy says to me, you survive here, you'll be able to play anywhere. <laughs> and... Um, Funny enough, I did, and I pretty much yeah did that my whole life. Um, I guess they value the ball a lot over there. Uh, here in Australia, we, we have a high possession, very similar to the NBA. We just get up and down and play, whereas over there, it's it's very defensive-orientated. You know, the games aren't really that high-scoring. If you if you have 10 to 15, you've had a pretty good game, and um, that that's probably the, the glaring difference in the adjustment I had to make was probably changing the pace of my game just a little bit because I like to push the tempo and, and that kind of thing. And um, when, I, when I came back in 2016, first couple of games I was a bit slow, then I started pushing it again. I was like, this is how I, I used to play. So it was fun learning. And, I, and the things I learned over there, I brought over to here, like playing off the pick and roll and, and those kind of things. So, um, yeah, there's huge differences all around the world in the basketball. Probably my favourite country to play in would have been Spain. though. That was, that was the best league I played in. Um, you know, it was well, well followed. We had a good club. Um, you know, we, we played a good brand of basketball. They like to kind of play a bit of both. So, um, yeah, that's the main differences are yeah, very subtle ones. But um, if you're if you know basketball, you'd probably know what I'm talking about. Now, I guess one of the things that's always grated on uh, us South Australians, including most of us old boys, is the fact that people like yourself and Joe Ingalls didn't play for their late 36s and ended up playing against us uh, in other places around Australia. But you did sign with the 36s at one point in time, but uh, never came to fruition. Uh, was that... Uh, just to give us a little bit of an idea of what happened around that period. So I think I'd finished my three years up in Townsville. I'd had three really good years. I'd just made the All-NBL second team, uh, you know, various other things. And uh, in, in my off-seasons, I'd travel over to the States and, uh, you know, have a crack at making the NBA. And um, I was lucky enough to be drafted. And um, that was by Houston back in 07, I think. And just before I went away, I was in Adelaide and I was in a bit of a, a discussion with the Melbourne Tigers and the Adelaide 36ers about where I was going to go to next because I kind of I finished up with Towns well, on a good note and I just kind of wanted to, I guess, see what I could, you know, what was around kind of thing. The conversation was, was being had. You know, me and my dad, we flew to Melbourne. We, had, we met with the Tigers' ownership and um, you know, we were in conversation here, here in Adelaide as well. And I uh, came to an agreement with the 36ers, and, uh, but part of that agreement was that um, I could go um, overseas or to the NBA if my name was called. And um, you know, my name did get called. And uh, funny enough, it was the day of Darren Eng's 21st birthday. <laughs> And he was having that at the Ed. And I was in town and Darren said, do you want to come? I was like, oh, i got a bit going on, mate. So I, I came to his 21st and Phil was the coach at the time and SJ were there. And I'd been drafted that day and I could just feel like it probably wasn't going to work out with, with Adelaide just purely because of the situation that I was in. And, and you know what, that they were supportive of what I did. And to their credit, they, they let me go. There was no hard feelings. It was, it was part of my contract. My, my, my agent at the time, Leon Rose, had it worded in there, and there, there was no you know, confusion or bad discussion, no bad blood. And, uh, you know, I was lucky enough, I picked up a... I did a summer league with Houston, and they just said, look, we'd like you to go and try play in another, in another market out of Australia, test your comfort zone a little bit, and um, went over to Greece and did that, and, you know, I was there for nine years. So um, the NBA didn't really quite work out for me. Um, the, the, the era is a little bit different to what it is now, I, I guess, with the opportunities with the G League and those kind of things. So I was playing as an import overseas, and if I, I said no to to good jobs to try and pursue a dream, an NBA dream, it probably could could have cost me quite quite a bit of money financially. And um, you know, the NBL at that stage probably wasn't as appealing to me either because I was still quite young and I was I was doing well over there. So yeah, in around that's kind of that was the Adelaide kind of situation from, from back then. But um, yeah, no hard feelings towards anyone. There was we had a contract. I was I was almost a 36, but yeah. Didn't happen. <laughs> just, uh, just, just a touch on the NBA. Fifty-fourth pick in the second round in two thousand and seven, I think it was. Um, I remember the year I spent up with you in Townsville. We had a we had a Lakers scout following us around for a few days. Uh, you got drafted by Houston. 
you know, in, in your mind, you know, you must look at the NBA now and some of these high-scoring games that we're just talking about, and, and your game would have been absolutely suited. You know, are there any, you, you know, regrets? Do you wish you were playing in an era now? It's 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 a tricky one, isn't it? Because the NBA obviously is the pinnacle of the sport, um, but a your mate, you got drafted, which most of us never did. So, uh, must have been a good, th- big thrill just for that to happen. Yeah, I mean, I guess my era of guys may have missed. Like, I like to call it like the YouTube generation, where like this isn't a shot on anyone. It's just your exposure wasn't there. Um, I think Andrew Bogut going number one. I think the year before he went number one, my rookie year, I reckon, um, and that. Put a bit of a microscope, I guess, um, on, on myself. And, you know, you might get, you know, I think we had five or six scouts might have come out that year to, to check me out. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was just very limited to what the exposure. And, and um, I guess going to Europe as well, probably that, that, that wasn't really there as well, the exposure. So, um, you know, it's a little bit you, you think back on what could have been and what, and now guys have gone on like, you know, guys like Ingles, Brockoff, a um, couple other guys have done well out of the, the European route. Um, but once again, they're a little bit younger than me, so they kind of caught a, a different kind of generation again. So um, you could be dirty about it all, but, you know, if I hadn't have been drafted, I probably wouldn't have got to Europe and um, achieved what I've achieved. Like, my whole dream growing up was to play for Australia and Olympic Games. And I'd kind of done that by the 23. So um, it, it was it was... I'm trying to think of the right words to put it in, but yeah, if that hadn't happened, I don't think it would have got on the radar as quickly as what I did. And um, now the kids can kind of aspire more to the NBA because it's just it's on all the time. We're sitting here at a cafe in Adelaide, and you know the M- NBA is on at 11 o'clock in the morning. That was never on when I was 15, or it was only the Chicago Bulls, you know, replay. So um, I think the kids now, because it's in their face a bit more, they they can kind of focus more on that and. You know, any of the NBA has just kind of jumped at and um, just really wasn't there as much for us as, as the generation I played in. Well, Niels, uh, we won't wish you luck for Saturday night. Obviously, uh, being here on six is fixed, but uh, I, I guess as a, as a South Australian, we're very proud of what you've achieved in your career. We've always watched your career with, with great fondness. Uh, hopefully, there's still a couple of years left in it yet. Um, and then hopefully, we might see you trotting out for the Forest of Eagles when you're 40 for one last hurrah? Uh, what, what, what can we th- think about that? Um, <laughs> I don't know um, about playing for Forest for Eagles. That, that's my club and I love them to death. Uh, I've got a few things going on in Sydney at the moment. Um, yeah, I don't know if I want to be that guy who hangs in and plays <laughs> ABA and gets tech fouls. And I don't think it would be a good look for me, but um, be happy to support them. But, um, yeah, we'll wait and see. Thanks, Jules. All the rest of the best of the year. Thanks, Scotty. Fascinating chat you had there, Scott, with Brad Newley. And, of course, that was brought to you by, by Sports Card World, one of our, our great new partners here at Sixers Fix. And... And boy, are we glad, are we glad to have that, have them on board, and and so are our listeners, our lucky our lucky listeners that send in some questions, win some prizes, and and that LA Lakers collectors box set 2020 championship from the 2020 championship has been a big hit already. But of course, Sports Card World, they got some new stock in Scott. Right now, there's the first of the brand new seasons NBA cards that have just been released, the 2021 NBA season Panini edition. NBA hoops are available. They're in store now at, at Sports Card World. You can have a look out for the NBL-related Lamelo Ball and RJ Hampton rookie cards. So check those out. There's also the the rookie cards of Anthony Edwards and James Wiseman. Also popular insert sets like High Voltage, Zero Gravity, Prime Twine, Legends of the Game. If it was an NBL set, that that would have you on it, on it, Scott, no doubt. But head into Sports Card World or check them out at SportsCardWorld.com.au. But Obviously, in the run in the Rundle Mall, the Region Arcade, go and check them out, and and Matt and his team there will well and truly take care of you. And thanks to Sports Card World for bringing you all of our our interviews for Sixers Fix for for this season. Back here on Sixers Fix and Ask the Coach, we're back here with Connor Henry on 
on Sixers Fix, thanks to Sports Card World. Yeah, this segment's taking off, Connor, so thanks very much for being happy to, to be part of it. Before I get to the listeners' question, a week off in between games. You were you were looking forward to it after the after the win on Saturday. How has how has the week been in preparation now for this Saturday night? Well, I think we needed the week. Mm-hmm. Um, as we discussed last time, um, it's allowed us to freshen up, um, give DJ a couple of days off his very talented legs and body, mm-hmm. and I think he's recovered quickly. He's been real good in the last day or so in um in training um and then uh, you know anytime we can give isaac with his knee um some rest it's holding up great and um, we went through that little period you know three four weeks ago with him so he's been good and josh has got uh, a little bit of rest everybody sunday croc all the lads have uh, really come through nicely this week very good good to hear okay now let's let's get to the listeners listeners questions and we've got one final pack thanks to Sports Card World of our LA Lakers twenty twenty championship box set. So one of these questions will be the the last winner of that box set, Connor. So we'll great. We'll, All right, we'll, let's we'll do see. it. So we'll see how we go. Tony Sinclair's up first. He he's asked, "What's the one part of Josh Giddy's game he'll need to work on to elevate his game to an NBA level before the draft?" Well, I think with any point guard. Uh, it's really about understanding the flow of the game and being able to manage games at a high level. And so we're working on that with Josh, understanding uh, time and score, shot clock, when to take risk, uh, when to not. And, um, you know, when he gets to the next level, it's really going to be about him working with older players and getting them involved at the point guard position. His scoring, his offensive efficiency will continue to grow, and, um, and, and he knows that. And so getting him more involved in exactly how to manage a, manage a game is, is really, I think, the area that we have to continue to get, to get him to the next level. Very good. Nate Turner's up next, and he's asked, this, this is on a similar, similar vein with Josh Giddy involved as well, has Coach been surprised by how quickly the chemistry of Giddy Hump has come around? Well, I really haven't because of Josh's ability to see the floor and for an 18-year-old to to really understand what we're trying to do uh, within our systems. And so the combination of Josh getting downhill with Isaac, uh, you know, long rolling down to the rim or deep seals where we can punch the ball into him, Josh is seeing that. Isaac's doing a great job of being physical, sealing when he catches the ball, being on balance and uh, being able to finish. And that's something that we've been working on with Ice for, for a good month, month and a half. And it's really about his balance. And so he's embraced that. He wants to be coached. And Gideon and he are, are, are really having a good combination right now, finding each other and, and, and allowing both of them to put pressure on the rim and uh, finding ways to score. Excellent. Now, Lee White has asked a, well, I think it's a bit of a lighthearted one, when are you going to cop a tech foul for the team? Right now, you probably don't need to. Uh, well, hopefully, uh, it's not going to happen at all. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm working on, you know, my energy and my communication with the officials, getting a, trying to get a better understanding on what they're seeing. Mm. Uh, it's a very, very physical league. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's actually more physical now than uh, 10 years ago when I was here. Mm. And that's okay. We want it to be uh, equal on both ends. We want to play from a position of strength and physicality. And I think the referees uh, are doing a good job of when I have a question or when I'm emotional and um, having a little bit of a spray at them that they're able to process and, and hopefully see that my intent is to get a clarification on, on whatever the call it is. So, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully, um, you know, I can grow with the relationship with the officials. My energy can be focused. And at the end of the day, I'm going to back my players and, and try to put them in a position to succeed on the court. Very good. Now, Michael Murray and I'm glad we've got a question about Sunday, Sunday Dish, because he's just 
He's, he's playing such unbelievable basketball right now at both ends. He's asked, with Sunday being a key on defence, what can we do to highlight him more in offence? He looks good when he's involved, but sometimes looks like he defers to others at the offensive end. Well, the good thing about the system, um, as you know, Chris, is that when the ball moves, mm. uh, the ball will find the open man, and that allows uh, whoever's turn it is to make the right play. Um, Sunday's playing at a really high level um, on both ends. He's knocking down the corner three. He's walking in on uh, on kickback uh, out at the top of the key, knocking threes down. And then he's really doing a good job of, of getting in deep off a of pick and roll and uh, using his slow game, uh, as you've seen, off the glass or straight on. Um, so he's doing a really good job on both ends, just understanding system being in a position to score when he needs to. And I think he's taking the proper, the right risk uh, on the offensive end to, to attack the basket and to put pressure on the defense and then make the right read and either score or, or, or find his teammate. Yep, totally agree. Okay, so that's our listeners' questions. I've got two more that I want to finish off that come from me just very quickly, Connor. One of them is about Sunday, and listening to your press conference after the game on Saturday, I was... I loved your answer when you said that you want to have Sunday on the floor all the time. The only time you want him to come off is when he needs a rest. I loved your answer. But the question was sort of framed around he didn't score in the first half, so why did you have him on the court? Were you a little bit surprised the way the question was sort of framed? Yeah. You know, some of the questions that come in the press conference are <laughs> are ones that are good questions for the most part. Mm. But a lot of times they may not quite understand what our system is and what we're trying to accomplish. Yeah. And, um, you know, like I said, I've got, I've got Croc and Sunday as two elite defenders. I need them on the floor as, as much as I possibly can, can get them on there. We've got to give Giddy a few minutes rest uh, so he can be efficient when he's managing games. You know, Sunday and Croc are going to be out there uh, as much as we possibly can because there are two elite defenders and they have to guard the other team's best players. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's what I mean. I loved your answer, but the question just absolutely blew, blew me away. Now, one last one. This is yeah. a little bit self-indulgent. I still think the most memorable night I've ever spent at an, at an NBL game, now this isn't a great memory for you, so bear with me, was, <laughs> the, was your last game as the Wildcats coach. That night... In that building at Challenge Stadium, I've never been in, been in a building with such energy at an NBL game. I know it wasn't a great night for you, so that's not why I want to bring it up. So you go through that night and ended up being, in, being the end of your time as Wildcats coach, but now you come back to the... This is the point of the question. You come back to the league in 2020, and all of a sudden, that the same person who was the villain on that night, Corey Williams, all of a sudden, he's the face of the league. What have you, what have you made of that transition? Well, I, I, love, I love Corey Homicide Williams. He does a, you know what he does? He does an unbelievable job of promoting the league. Mm. Uh, and yet a lot of people think he's just promoting it when in fact he, he reads the game well as a, as a former point guard. He has, his analysis uh, is spot on. He really is uh, a great ambassador for the NBL. Mm. Too bad he and John really lit us up <laughs> that final game yeah. in Perth and um, – and, uh, uh, and we didn't quite get to the, to the grand final, but, uh, I've forgiven him. Um, <laughs> and he and I, <laughs> he and I have good chats when we catch up. No, very good. Thanks for indulging me on that. Well, well answered. And thanks again for being with us here on Sixers Fix with our Ask the Coach segment. Thanks to Sports Card World. And let's get another win now against the Kings on Sunday night. Let's get a win and I'll talk to you next week, Chris. Thank you. Okay, okay, back on Sixers Fix with Scott Ninnis and really enjoyed your chat with Brad Newley, Scott, and then thanks to Connor Henry for being generous with his time on our Ask the Coach segment as well. Hopefully all enjoyed that. I especially like last week, Scott, where we, we had a chance to reflect back on some of his days with Larry Bird and the Celtics, and we got to talk about how, how Larry just thought that Connor Henry was lower than dirt. Wouldn't even scrub him off the bottom of his shoe. He thought he was that low, so... The fact that we can talk to somebody that's got those sort of personal stories with with legends like that, it's it's pretty special here on Sixers Fix. Oh, mate, you wouldn't be able to do that in this day and age. Uh, <laughs> treating a rookie like that, you'd be reported to, uh, you know, like uh, the, the bosses. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, I think it's, 
it's incredible to have uh, someone of Connor's experience, you know, leading this team and, and, and obviously, you know, what he did as a player and playing with, with Larry Bird and, and that sort of ilk was incredible. But, yeah. uh, you know, it's uh, we're excited about what he's doing, you know, coaching our team now and, uh, yeah, very excited going forward and seeing what they can uh, do for the rest of the season. Yeah, absolutely. Now, this Saturday night, back at the Adelaide Entertainment Centre, it's up against the Sydney Kings. Both teams have had a full week to... I guess, look back on what happened last week and now get ready for, for this week. Neither team's had to travel, um, so you couldn't have couldn't be, I guess, you know, more evenly placed coming into, into, this, into this game. It's very rarely that you get this sort of a situation. Um, what are you expecting from the game? Oh, look, I'm expecting both teams to make adjustments, to be honest with you. I, I think, uh, you know, Sydney, Sydney are going to sit there, they're going to be pissed off they lost last week, they're going to feel that they had every chance to, to win that game the way they got back into it with getting up the floor and trapping and seeing some of the uh, you know, turnovers that the 30 sisters made. Um, they'd be buoyed by the form of uh, uh, Vasiljevic. Uh, yeah. you, you know, like, uh, I, I, you know, I know Newley is, is sitting there grumpy they didn't win last week. <laughs> and, and when you got got a guy that's a competitor like that, you know he's going to come out and... He's still angry that he got those two early fouls and was uh, living in his court time. Um, on the other side of the fence, you, you would think the Sixers would be able to make adjustments too. You know, they, they're not yep. going to want those easy catch-and-shoot baskets. And So, I, look, I expect, a, I expect a closer contest. I expect you know, Sydney to come out firing, and I think the Sixers need to wither that storm at the... Whether that storm at the start of the game, but I, I'm going to be really disappointed if we don't win this game as well. I think mm. this is an opportunity now. This is a team with what yeah you know, what they have with the injuries they're covering. You know that we should win this game. Uh, it's at home. Yeah, you know, I've always been the one that says you need to you need to take care of business at home. Yeah, you know, we, we've had the, these six games. We've had our, our smallest crowd's been five thousand seven hundred. Yeah. Our biggest crowd's been seven thousand. It's been nothing short of of incredible yeah. to have that support, especially. Yeah, you know, the times when we're playing every two days or two or three days. So, yeah, you've got that support. I think the team should go in, or obviously should go in with a great deal of confidence. I expect a close game, but I expect it's a game that we should win. You make a good point about the schedule because over the first three weeks, they played six games and there was, at times, only two days in between games. Now that they've had a full week, what sort of benefit can the 36ers get out of that just to freshen up the bodies but to also... Maybe work on some extra, extra complex maybe ways to to set up and offences and defences. Maybe it was a bit more of a chance to, to implement a bit more things for Connor and the coaching staff as well. Oh, the coaches would love it. I mean, you get, you get two or three days off. I mean, you, there's not much you can implement in that time. Certainly not as an on-court from a training perspective. I mean, you, you don't have the time. So, yep. you know, yep. Connor and Jamie would be loving the fact that they've got some time to to sort of implement some different things and, and maybe some adjustments to what they do at both ends of the court. So from a coaching perspective, it'd be awesome. I think from the players' perspective, with what they've had, it would almost be a little bit disappointing that they don't, they're they not getting those quick back-to-back-to-back yeah, yeah. You know, you know, games. But uh, I guess, once again, it's, it also gives them a bit of time to get off their legs. Any of those niggling little problems, which you know, is always teams always have, so... But that's also the same for the Sydney Kings as well. So I think uh, I still think it benefits us just purely for the fact that we're home. Yeah, you know, Sydney. Sydney haven't been home since the twenty sixth of December. Mm. Yeah. You know, and speaking to Brad Newley about that last night, hasn't seen his wife, hasn't seen his two kids. Yeah. You know, if, yeah, since then, I mean, that, that's for this whole year. We're already into February. That, he hasn't seen them for that, this whole year. That's nuts. So that's that's got to play in your mind at times as well. So whereas we're at home. We're going home to our families every night. We're still doing our normal routine. You know, COVID hasn't really been a problem here. You can still go about your normal life pretty much. So mm-hmm. I think that's there's no excuses for us not to come out and do well on Saturday night. Yeah, looking forward to it. Looking forward to Saturday night at the Entertainment Centre. Very tough to get a ticket right now. That 7,000 crowd was pretty much bang on capacity at the moment. So make sure you get your ticket if you haven't already and, and get along to watch this game against the Kings. Really enjoyed this show again, Scott. I think we're building some momentum here on Sixers Fix and I'm really enjoying what we're doing and I really appreciate the support to make it possible 
that we're getting from Australian Motors Mitsubishi, All-Star Photos, Sports Card World, and of course, Premium Wine Tours. So we just wouldn't be able to be here without their support. So thank you very much for your ongoing support. I'm Chris Pike, and I'll sign off for another week and, and leave you with the legend himself, the man who, let's hope that when the number nine goes up in the rafters at the Entertainment Centre, it's got his name on it, not Jack McVeigh's, Scott Ninnis. <laughs> well, I played in number six more than I played in number nine. This this is my problem. I, I played in six, nine, and 21, so there's no real uh, you know, no real one number. Look, mate, I'm, my number's never going to go up, and it shouldn't either. I mean, it's... Uh, you know, I think we've got it right here in Adelaide. You look up and there's number five, Brett Maher. There's 33, Mark Davis. There's number four, Daryl Pierce. There's number 15, Al Green. I mean, that they are the cream of the crop. I mean, we've got some outstanding guys like Mike Mackay and Kevin Brooks and Darnell Me and so on. So I think the only bloke that, you know, we've set a fairly high bar. I reckon Daniel Johnson... Might have a chance, you know, in a couple of years' time, but uh, no, like, we, we've, I guess we're very excited about what the history that we've created with this club and uh, just looking forward to it moving forward.